the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joe's got this. Yeah, quick whining about gas prices. The big guy is releasing 50 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Preserve, Petroleum Preserve, and uh, that'll get the cost down. Keep in mind that we go through 18 million barrels a day, so you do the math there. Joe's releasing two and a half days worth of oil. That'll fix us. Meanwhile, um, even after he and other countries coordinated a release of their reserves the last couple of days, the price of oil went up today. In the U.S., it went up 2% to $78.44 per barrel. And in Europe, it went up 3% to $82 a barrel. And, of course, Joe and his friends in the Democrat Party and in the media are already making noises about the price gouging that they think has been going on by the oil companies. And they're going to try to do something about that, which is scary. It's all pretty amazing when you think that gas was a dollar cheaper per gallon a year ago and we weren't begging OPEC to produce more oil. And the big guy's buddy down in West Virginia, Joe Manchin, called it a Band-Aid. He said, quote, Historic inflation, <clears throat> excuse me, taxes and the lack of a comprehensive all of the above energy policy pose a clear and present danger, present threat to American economic and energy security. They can no longer be ignored. And that's coming from a Democrat. Meanwhile, the energy secretary, and she's a beauty, Jennifer Granholm said, quote, we're working through an energy transition. The reality is we have to take some time to get off of oil and gas. We recognize this. This is a transition. So, again, that's an unquote. So, again, uh, quit whining. Uh, This is all about saving the planet from the hoax of man-made climate change. You can cough up a few more bucks for gas since it's for the common good. We're going to have all electric cars before you know it, and you'll never have to go to a gas station again. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to James Taylor. He's president of Heartland Institute about this insanity, trying to find out, find out what to expect in the next few months. And in our second half hour, we're going to blow the, uh, the, the yeah, but if Kyle Rittenhouse were black theory out of the water. Stick around. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Yakupin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no co-payments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, co-pays, and other cost-sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. N-O-V-I-T-E.com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dynavite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dynavite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dynavite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. 
You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-B-I-T-E dot com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Gift-giving occurs year-round, whether for birthdays, holidays, or a special expression of thanks to your best clients and customers. Of course you want to show your love and gratitude, but you also want to give a gift that provides a positive image of you and your organization. Solaire Infrared Grills from BestHotGrill.com are both practical and unforgettable. Made in the USA, Solaire has a grill for most budgets, but more importantly, Solaire delivers the wow that everybody likes to receive in a gift. Impressive out of the box, and even more so in use, the Solaire Infrared Grills are the gift of value that will build relationships. With every great-tasting, juicy meal enjoyed from their Solaire, they'll think of you. Step up your gift-giving. Learn more about the amazing Solaire Infrared Grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, were you able to get them the cash? cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access.org. Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Joe Biden took some time out of his uh, busy schedule and may have interrupted a nap to go on national TV today and uh, and read what his staff put in the teleprompter. And he told us that the economy is doing great and gas prices are worse in Europe. So you have that going for you. Quit complaining. Uh, James Taylor is president of Heartland Institute, and he joins us now. James, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Hey, happy to be on, John. Thank you. So uh, now that the big guy has released the 50 million barrels from our strategic reserves, gas prices should start to come down, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess a little bit for a couple months or something. I just can't believe that this is Joe Biden's big ace in the hole. When you go begging OPEC and begging Russia to increase oil production, they say no. So this is the best we got. Well, we'll drain our own oil reserves to have a very short uh easing of our prices and that's only going to last for so long how about we get to the root of the problem which is you joe biden stifling vilifying oil and natural gas production here in the united states yeah now from what i understand uh they released the 50 million barrels we go through 18 uh, million barrels a day so that's two and a half days worth of oil right yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done the numbers, but I, if, if you were to get a ballpark guess out of me, okay, we might see gas prices drop a dime or 20 cents for a month or so, and then it's back to normal. That does almost nothing uh, to alleviate the pain that American consumers are feeling. I mean, we're paying, as, a, as an average American household, we're paying more than $1,000 a year now in higher gasoline prices. This didn't have to be the case. Under Donald Trump, from the time that Donald Trump took office until the time that COVID hit, U.S. oil production increased by 50%, 50%. And even if you go from the, the reduction due to COVID, still at the end of Trump's presidency, production was still 25% higher than when he took office. But under Joe Biden, there has been no increase in production, even though we've had a dramatic increase in demand as we've seen the global economy begin to recover. If you're going to have that increase in demand and yet no increase in supply, that's why you see the high prices. And the oil industry is ready, willing, able, and eager to increase supply, but they're getting shut down by the federal government. So I, I know you don't can't put an exact number on it, but I mean, how many barrels a day would we have to release and for how long before we'd see any real long-term difference or, or get back to where we were a year ago? Well, more than we have in the strategic oil reserve. I mean, that's only a, a, a finite amount of oil that is there. The purpose is for if we have some emergency, some uh, unforeseen circumstance that may 
cause uh, you know an interruption for a month or two that we need for military preparedness or whatever else. It's not designed to be this almost infinite source from which we can pour so much into the market that we can regulate prices. However, the U.S. oil industry will serve that role if you just take the shackles off. Well, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, Biden has also made it worse with new regulations. What's that all about? Well, the the worst of the bunch is that he has reversed uh, the Trump rules that eased uh, methane regulations. Basically, you get some methane escape uh, when you produce oil and natural gas. And uh, so under the, the Obama administration, the, the, the effort was made by EPA to really clamp down on this, to make all sorts of, to acquire all sorts of expensive regulations to stop the, the incidental release of methane uh, during the uh, recovery process, the recovery of oil and natural gas. And the argument was that methane is such a powerful greenhouse gas, we have to pay what it takes to make sure nothing incidentally escapes. And that was silly. It, it had no relation to a cost-benefit analysis. So Donald Trump eased those rules. Joe Biden now has put them back and forth stronger than ever. That's just one of many. But also when you have an administration that does everything it can to vilify to punish the oil and natural gas industry, you're not going to see the investment in oil and natural gas production because they're worried about what's going to happen next. Uh, methane is cow farts, isn't it? <laughs> That's part of it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I think we're told by some people in the environmental movement to quit eating meat because uh, they're producing, it means we, have to, we would produce fewer cows and be less farting. Yeah, that's part of it as well. Um, but also, Joe Biden, uh, when, he, when he first took office, he halted all new oil and, and natural gas production on federal lands. And that was very important because it's when you first drill the well that you get most of your oil production. It, it's a steep decline after just a few months. So what you had was for about a half year... There was no new production on federal lands, which meant you were cutting off the most productive uh, wells from being drilled and, and from producing oil and natural gas. Now, a federal court overruled that decision and said Joe Biden did not have the right to do it, but that was also a big impediment. We went about six months where we put a complete halt on new oil and gas production. Oh, uh, everybody knows about the Keystone Pipeline being shut down, and the, I think it was, the number was 11,000 jobs that it costs. But when you when you are shutting, that's not the only place where oil production is being shut down. If he's if he's been banning uh, production on federal land, there are non-federal employees working on those uh, lands, aren't they? And they're all out of work or, or losing their jobs. Right, absolutely. And then when you have higher gas and uh, oil prices because we don't have the same production, uh, that's causing people to have to spend more money for less goods and services. You're, you're basically putting a tax on American production, which is going to cost people their jobs as well. And blocking Keystone uh, XL pipeline, again, was another big blow to our affordable energy because Canada, even though the United States had been, until Joe Biden took office, uh, increasing dramatically its oil production, we, we didn't have to fear increases in oil prices because it would benefit our economy the same way high oil prices benefit the Saudi economy. Now that we've punished that production, it doesn't do so. But even with that, Canada was more than willing to supply us with all the oil that we could, that we could use, but Joe Biden's doing everything to block that as well, including shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline. And what's that? I don't know if you know what's going on up in Canada, but what's that doing to Canada? I know they're not happy out in Alberta uh, with with uh, Justin Trudeau hates oil and gas. He wants to put an end to it, and now they see that pipeline go down, and that's that's money out of their pocket too, right? Yeah, and the thing is that with the pipeline, Canada could have been sending its oil to the United States at much lower transportation costs, much lower transportation effort. Uh, it would be benefiting us and them. Now, instead, as a result of this, Canada is going to be sending more of its oil to China. It's going to cost Canada more to transport the oil, so they're making less money on it. But Canada still, or excuse me, China is still going to buy it. It's going to increase carbon dioxide emissions because sending oil overseas via ship entails a lot more emissions than simply putting it in a pipeline where there's virtually no emissions. It was bad for the economy. It was bad for the environment. It was bad for everything except for climate activist greenwashing. Yeah, and, and what does an increase in oil prices do to the cost of other products beyond gasoline? Well, it has a tremendous amount to do with everything because energy is a key component 
and the production and or transportation of virtually every good and service that's bought and sold in our economy. So when energy prices go up, it's like adding a significant tax across the entire economy, except for one thing. When we pay a tax, theoretically, we might get something back from government in return for this money that we're sending them. But when we're paying more for energy, we get nothing back in return. And this kind of puts the lie to the nobody who makes more than $400,000, less than $400,000 a year is going to be taxed, doesn't it? <laughs> it it's one of many ways in which, uh, in which we're putting the lie to the statement uh, that Joe Biden had made. That's unfortunate. Yeah, now, uh, the, the Secretary of Energy, uh, Energy, Jennifer Granholm, she actually laughed a few days ago when she was asked when prices might come down. Uh, what do you suppose she finds funny about this? Well, these liberal elites don't live in the real world. Jennifer Granholm doesn't care what the price of gasoline is. It's not going to impact her budget, nor any of her rich liberal friends. But also, it's something I, I go around and I give talks around the country. I've participated in many global warming debates with the leftist intelligentsia. And what they have been saying, and the media doesn't report it, but for years and years and years, they've been advocating, they've been championing and hoping for a substantial increase in gasoline prices. I've heard folks say that we need $10 a gallon gasoline, $15 a gallon gasoline, so that we won't use so much of it. This is their means to reducing oil and natural gas use and gasoline as well. And this is their way of getting as close to the net zero as, as they've been advocating. Now, they can't go out for political reasons and say, ha, 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 this is what we've always been wanting, but it is what they've always been wanting. It's probably why Granholm laughed when presented with the question, because she was called out, essentially, on what they've been desiring. Well, she also said, uh, and I saw it on Twitter, I think I saw it today, I, I don't know when she actually said it, it might have just been in the last day or so, she said, the high prices are to be expected because we are in a transition away from oil and gas. Uh, and she used the word transition twice, meaning, I guess, electric cars for everybody. Uh, how long do they think that that transition might take? And what's, let's just say that you did decide that we are going to make the transition and everybody's on board and you start Monday morning. How long does it take to make that transition? Yeah, well, it would take a, take a good bit of time, and prices will keep rising. And it exposes the great deceit, because all along, uh, the environmental activists, they tend to be Democrats, some Republicans, not all Democrats, but nevertheless, have been telling us that going to this green economy, getting to net zero emissions, isn't going to cost you anything. In fact, it's going to reduce prices. It's going to boost the economy. And they count on the fact that most Americans don't have the wherewithal to dig, dig deep into energy economics to learn the truth. But it's something that anybody who knows even a little bit about energy economics knows that if you are going to put this, uh, this anti-conventional energy program into place, anti-oil, anti-natural gas, anti-coal, you are going to see large spikes in electricity prices, gasoline prices, energy prices across the board. Now that it's bearing fruit, now that what people have predicted is actually happening, they're trying to come up with excuses or make other, uh, you know, present some other rationale for it. But this was inevitable as a result of their policies, and it may have gotten them elected by telling that lie in the first place, but it's probably going to get their tails kicked out of office in the midterms and also in 2024 because of the reality of what they've put into place. We're talking to James Taylor. He's president of Heartland Institute. Uh, what is Line 5, James? Line 5 is a pipeline that would be going through Michigan, uh, and it's much like Keystone XL. It's something that's not going to increase carbon dioxide emissions. It's not going to be bad for the environment, but it's a convenient target for climate activists to try to shut down oil, natural gas, any way, shape that they can. So that is a, one of the pipelines that is now uh, now that the uh, the climate left has some momentum on their side, maybe not political momentum, but momentum in terms of the laws and regulations and restrictions they've been imposing, that's their next target. Shut down Line 5 now that they've shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. If they do so, it will result in significantly rising gasoline prices, especially in the upper Midwest. So Line 5 is an existing pipeline that's running right now, or is it one that was in in, pro, in, in construction or on the line to be built? And they've shut it down. Line 5 has been in existence for decades, since the middle of the 20th century. And the rationale that is being presented 
is that it carries so much environmental damage, harm, and risk. Well, if that's the case, show us the environmental damage, harm, and risk that's occurred over the past, I forget the exact year it was put into place, but it was in the mid-20th century. So over the past several decades, they don't have it. But all they have to do is say, bad for the environment, and they'll get 30 to 40% of the voters, the far-left voting base will say, yes, let's do it. And then they just have to convince a few other Democrats who may be more centrist Democrats, but are afraid to stand up to the left wing of the party. But it will be devastating for energy prices and energy reliability, especially in the Midwest, but really throughout the country if they shut down line five. If um, if every car on the road right now, and you know it's uh, 27 minutes after five here almost, it's rush hour. So if every car on the road right now during Pittsburgh's rush hour uh, ha- were electric and had to be charged tonight over the next or over the next few days, where would all that electricity come from? I've I've been telling people to imagine every car they see on the road today needing to be plugged in somewhere. What happens? Yeah, well, right now much of our uh, electricity mix comes from coal, uh, which is uh, higher emissions in gasoline. Much is from natural gas, which is which is pretty good on an environmental scorecard, but again, it's not the zero emissions that they're promising. Uh, so the electric vehicles really won't do anything for emissions, whether it's carbon dioxide or traditionally defined pollutants. But let's say that in the future, somehow we're able to solve this problem of, uh, of, of the tremendous battery capacity uh, that we would need to produce all of our electricity via wind and solar power and be able to have it uh, on demand 24-7. We can't do it right now. We just can't. But let's say someday we do that. Then even for those wind turbines and solar panels, you're talking a tremendous amount of mining of rare earth minerals, which is about the most destructive thing you can do for the environment, mining of cobalt, lithium, etc. Also, the wind turbines themselves require developing tremendous amounts of, right now, pristine natural lands. This would be terrible for the environment, even if we were to get rid of carbon dioxide emissions. You would still have so many other environmental nightmares that far outweigh and overwhelm any of the minor impacts of a one degree Celsius or even two degrees Celsius rise in temperatures over the next century. I saw a picture, I don't know where it was, of a... Uh, a gigantic solar panel field. I think it was in China. Have you seen that picture? I've uh, seen many. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this, this, I, I, and I try to imagine what Pennsylvania would look like. It was massive amounts of solar panels covering total, uh, look like an entire farm. You know, as you ride down the road, everywhere you look, you see solar panels. Is that what we're looking at if they want to go to get rid of um, coal? Yeah, that's half of it. And if you ever see these solar uh, development projects, you will see that the panels are, I mean, they're stacked right up on top of each other. You don't have wildlife anywhere where you have these solar developments. Also, at the same time, I was flying back. I was in Europe for the United Nations Climate Conference. We at the Heartland Institute put on a climate reality forum at the same time to rattle their cages with true science. Anyways, I was flying back. I had a connecting flight in Lisbon, Portugal. And as I was flying over uh, the Portuguese countryside, I was blown away with the fact that you have the, the few places as you got near the, uh, the country's population centers along the coast, the few places that did not have development of housing or businesses, et cetera, those beautiful forests that, that used, to, used to occur in that country, now each and every one of them is just littered with wind turbines. And the wind turbines, to be productive, you have to have them spreading out over hundreds of square miles to replace a conventional coal power plant. And from the sky, it was just striking how there were no longer any undeveloped, pristine lands left in the countryside because any place that had not yet been developed probably because of its beautiful uh, aesthetics um, and, and, and it's just its visual beauty, they developed that with wind turbines. And it's just terrible that you no longer have any wild, undeveloped, pristine natural landscapes in Portugal because of this myth of a climate crisis. Boy, are they ugly, too. Oh, my. Boy, are they ugly. Well, hey, uh, James, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I, I didn't get a whole lot of encouragement from what the president said today. And uh, I, I, I think you're telling me why I, it's a good idea for me not to be encouraged. Thanks for coming on. Encouragement though. is in 2022. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. That's James Taylor. He's president of Heartland Institute. We'll be right back. 
with SRN News, I'm John Scott. The case of three white men charged with murder and the killing of Ahmad Arbery has gone to the jury after a nearly two-week trial. Courtesy of Court TV, in jury instructions, Superior Court Judge Timothy Walmsley says the group must consider all the facts. Your verdict should be a true verdict based upon your opinion of the evidence according to the laws given you in this charge. You are not to show favor or sympathy to one party or the other. It is your duty to consider the facts objectively without favor, affection, or sympathy to any party. A federal jury says three retail pharmacy chains didn't do enough to stop the flow of opioid pills in two Ohio counties. The verdict handed down today against CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart. The Dow ahead 165 points, but the NASDAQ is down 153. This is SRN News. Your pets have the same energy they used to. Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. AM 1250, The Answer. They're the culture warriors fighting the good fight to save America. These people are nominated by Salem listeners who want to honor them for all they're doing to make America great. Ron DeSantis, Governor of Florida. Mike Lindell, founder of MyPillow. Jason Whitlock, columnist, podcaster, and digital TV host. Carl Jackson, political columnist, commentator, and radio talk show host. Molly Hemingway, author, columnist, and political commentator. Glenn Youngkin, newly elected governor of Virginia. Go to our website and click on the banner to vote for Salem's Culture Warrior of the Year. AM 1250theanswer.com. Qualifying for Medicaid is complicated, and the timing of your application is critical. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. The biggest mistake? Not consulting with a qualified legal professional before you apply. There's a lot at stake, especially for those with a spouse staying at home. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help you navigate the Medicaid rules so you can properly protect some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19-related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-In Pest Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair dinkum. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com, promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh. W223CS, Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. You can expect a busy ride just about everywhere in all the major highways. A lot of folks start their Thanksgiving travel on Tuesday and not Wednesday. So you're going to see that volume on the Parkway East on the inbound side around a 15-minute delay. Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound just as busy. Glenwood up to Edgewood Swiss Vale. Parkway West congested outbound 19 to Carnegie. Outbound 28 solid Butler Street to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. We'll see mainly clear skies for tonight. It'll be cold with a low of 24. Tomorrow, partly sunny and breezy. Quiet weather for holiday travelers. A high tomorrow of 48. 
Partly cloudy and breezy tomorrow night with a passing late night shower, the low 37. For Thursday, cloudy skies with a couple of showers late in the afternoon. We'll see a high Thursday of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. The jury in Kenosha, Wisconsin, believed Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense. That's why Rittenhouse is a free man right now. But within 30 seconds of the verdict being read, uh, the Internet was full of people saying it would have been different if he were black. And that theory didn't get a lot of pushback either. But one person who pushed back hard was Amy Schwerer. She's legal fellow at the uh, she's a legal fellow at the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. She's been on the show many times to talk about this subject, and she joins us now. Uh, thanks for coming on, Amy. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So uh, you bombarded Twitter with examples of black defendants who claimed self defense and were found not guilty. I'm guessing you saw the uh, if he had been black, uh, you know, the you knew this was coming, the if he had been black stuff. Yeah, and you've seen it all over with countless, you know, blue check talking heads on Twitter, um, and you've seen it on other media sources as well. Uh, This idea of, well, the only reason Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted was because he was white. This would never happen to a black person. And it's simply not true. Um, I'll be honest. I I knew it would be pretty easy to find these cases. I didn't expect it to be quite so easy. I think most of these were within still single digits of just a basic Google search, all from just the last couple of years, wide ranging, you know, everything from shooting at law enforcement officers to, to shooting uh, white men in, in a race-related dispute to shooting up a school, um, you know, just a wide array of cases where defendants of color successfully raised that same claim of self-defense and were acquitted by a jury. Can you give us some examples of these black defendants who were acquitted on the basis of self-defense? Andrew Coffey's sure. a good one to start with. He was the same day as Rittenhouse, I guess. Sure. Uh, so this, you're right. It was the, on the exact same day. In fact, within just a couple hours of the, the Rittenhouse verdict, I get Andrew Coffey, who was acquitted uh, on self-defense. Um, I, I believe he was the one who um, it, there, there had been a raid on his house. He didn't realize it was law enforcement officers. Um, so he shot at who he reasonably, uh, in my opinion, believed to be uh, home invaders. Uh, and, and those charges, and, and those are serious offenses, you know, to, to say you shot at law enforcement officers, uh, those charges um, he, he was acquitted on. Um, unfortunately for him, he was a felon in possession of that firearm, so that charge is not getting dropped. But his actual self-defense claim uh, was successful, which meant that they also dropped the murder charge related to a, a third party who was in the house who was killed at that time. Um, but, but you see it all over the place. Um, uh, so there was a, another example that I thought was very similar to, to the Rittenhouse case, uh, an individual who was a, a nightclub security guard uh, who was also a felon, not in, uh, he was prohibited from possessing a firearm, but he brought his firearm to his job. Uh, he said to, you know, to defend himself. Um, it's caught on video. You know, he ends up killing one person, uh, almost killing another person. There are questions about, oh, well, you know, he shot him multiple times. Who instigated it? You know, who, who was the aggressor? Uh, and, you know, with the same sort of arguments that you saw in the Rittenhouse case, he, he was acquitted on both of those charges. Um, so just, again, a, a wide array of specific instances all across the board. Yeah, and I, I, one that I thought was interesting is Brianna Taylor. She... Um... Uh, her boyfriend, I guess it was, who was there, he shot uh, at a cop who came in, and he claimed self-defense because he said he didn't know who was breaking in, and, and he won also, didn't he? Uh, he did. He did. Uh, th- those charges, I, I can't recall if he was acquitted or if um, the, the charges were dropped before yeah. trial. Um, but, but either way, you know, a, a similar thing where... Uh, you know, according to the narrative, he should not have been able to have those charges dropped because you just should have taken the, you know, the, the white police officer's word that he announced who he was. Um, but no, uh, you know, off, or, excuse me, prosecutors looked at that and then eventually said, no, we're, we're not going to pursue this. We, we think it was self-defense. I noticed there were quite a few stabbings in your list that you and you, you the list, I have to say, goes on and on and on. The the list you put up there on Twitter, it never ends of of. Black defendants 
claiming self-defense and winning. But I was surprised by the number of stabbings involved. So it's not just guns. Yeah, yeah, it's not just guns. It turns out that self-defense is a natural right, regardless of, of whether you know, you're using a firearm, whether uh, you're using uh, some sort of other weapon like a knife. Um, you know, they, there are a couple uh, that were actually stabbings at school um, where, it, you know, the, the argument was, look, it was an interpersonal dispute and someone attacked me and I, I pulled a knife and, and defended myself. And, and that's that's allowed. Just like you can use a firearm against someone who doesn't have a, a firearm, you can use a knife against someone who is who is assaulting you uh, in, in a criminal manner. Um, but, yeah, you're right. There, there were, I think, a number of different weapons uh, that, that were used in some of these. What do you think about uh, the comments from some people in the media who say the Rittenhouse case is just going to give um, incentive, I guess is the word, to right-wing extremists who think they can just take a gun anywhere and start shooting people? Uh, well, first of all, you know, beyond the fact that that completely mischaracterizes sort of the, the facts of that night, this was not uh, a kid who, who you know, just showed up to a peaceful protest under normal conditions and just started shooting people because he disagreed with them. Um, so, put, so putting that aside, you know, I don't think anybody who has watched sort of the, the firestorm and just the, the complete hell that I would imagine this kid has gone through for the last year and a half. I can't imagine anybody's watching that, uh, you know, watching his, his life be put on hold, watching him having uh, to, to prove to, to a jury that he acted in self-defense, you know, waiting breathlessly to find out whether he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail, uh, all the while being slandered by, you know, every talking head up to and including the president of the United States. Uh, you know, I can't imagine a lot of people are watching that going, yeah, yeah, I, I really want a piece of that. Um, you know, so if anything, I, I think probably deterring a lot of people who might otherwise, you know, act in, in a self-defensive manner. Yeah, and you know, any, if you look into the details of the, not not the details of that case, but uh, we had Avita Duffy on here the other day. She's a, a writer for the Federalist, and she was in Kenosha, and she pointed out that that there were lots and lots of men, mm -hmm. uh, armed men, in front of various businesses that came there for the same purpose that Rittenhouse came there for. Uh, because the cops weren't doing their job, and the, and the governor didn't do his job to send cops or National Guard to protect the businesses. So, Rittenhouse is the is he the this like the the a poster child for what the Second Amendment is supposed to be about? Well, look, I, I think reasonable people can can agree to disagree about sort of the tactics that he took, or should he have been there, or should he have not have been there. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, you bring up some good points. He, he was not the only one there armed. Um, we're, we're dealing with an, a very abnormal situation. Uh, the last time I checked, I think there was something like 40 businesses were completely obliterated. Um, and this is a town of uh, something like 90,000 people. That's a huge chunk of the business district that just burned out uh, overnight. Um, and at the same time, you have, quote unquote, peaceful protesters uh, who are also very much armed. Um, I mean, anybody who watched the trial knows that uh, Gage Grosskreutz, uh, who was the, the individual who shot, uh, who survived, um, literally had a handgun that he pointed at Kyle Rittenhouse's face on the ground. He admitted to that on the stand. We all saw it on camera. Uh, that was a firearm that, you know, you want to talk about driving to a community that's not yours. He drove 40 miles from uh, Milwaukee with that gun, uh, for which he did not have an active and, and valid concealed carry permit. Um, so by no means was, was Kyle Rittenhouse the only person on, on either side um, who, who looked at this chaotic situation and said, yeah, I really don't know that law enforcement is going to be there to protect me. Uh, as I'm in this situation. And, and in Rittenhouse's case, he was correct. Law enforcement was absolutely not there to protect that business or to protect him or, or frankly, to protect a whole lot of people that night. We're talking to Amy Schwer. She's a legal fellow at the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation, and she joins us now. Before we go on here, Amy, I'm sure I've asked you this before, but when and how did you become a, an expert on the Second Amendment and gun issues? And why, I well, guess, would be another word I could throw in there. Sure. So I, I think a lot of people uh, just believe that I, I sort of set out to do this. You know, I grew up in a gun-owning household, and that's really not the case. So I, I came into this 
through the world of overcriminalization. This idea of we have, we have too many laws, no one knows what they are, we're punishing people for things that you know are, are not inherently immoral. Um, and this all sort of led into, we see a lot of that in the Second Amendment. Uh, we see this right now in the, the uh, Kinsale Carey case that's going on in New York, where essentially uh, ordinary law-abiding citizens are uh, not permitted to defend themselves with firearms in public. Uh, and if they choose to do so without you know, the permission of the government, they're thrown in jail and considered violent offenders for long periods of time. Um, so I, I sort of worked my way into this. Um, and uh, it's certainly a, a field that is, is worth uh, worthwhile and, and that I find meaningful um, because you get to talk about Second Amendment rights, you get to talk about violence prevention, you get to talk about mental health and, and a lot of things that I, I think really matter and that we should talk about more. Well, when were you a gun owner when you got into this, or did, and have you become one since? Ah, uh, so I am a gun owner. Um, I uh, became a gun owner and actually got into firearms by virtue of uh, some hardy Texans on the rifle team that I met in college, ah. uh, who uh, who who got me into it, and um, you know, and then just as I, I got older, I went to law school. Um, you know, started working, uh, you know, in the law with, you know, sometimes the defendants who, um, <laughs> you know, make veiled threats at you because of, of various reasons and just being a woman living alone, um, you know, it sort of grew into me this idea of, oh, this is why the Second Amendment exists, um, you know, for, for, for people like me uh, to say, yeah, I, I am a young woman living alone, but I don't have to be rendered defenseless in a worst case scenario. Now, I'm not a gun owner, and I, and not that I wouldn't, uh, you know, that I have any problem with being one. I've just never had a gun. But I, I keep seeing videos um, on Twitter and other places of people getting uh, beaten up, uh, whether it's on a train in Philly, or uh, I saw a video today of a guy in New York City in a wheelchair that was punched and kicked, dragged out of his wheelchair, thrown on the ground, kicked and stomped by like three or four people, and they have it on video. And when I look at it, I say, I think, I don't know, maybe that guy couldn't afford a gun, but boy, I I wish that guy had a gun. And and there are people there who deserve to be shot. Do you ever get that feeling when you're watching this stuff? Because there are people who deserve to be shot, I think. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard. So on the one hand, I I wish no one would ever be in a situation where uh, they're they're committing violence such that, uh, legally speaking, someone is justified in in shooting them. I've long said that, you know, if I ever have to point a gun at someone, much less shoot them, it's going to be the worst day of my life. Um, I think the worst day of my life that I could live with. Um, You know, so it's it's hard. Um, But I, I think it's equally hard for a lot of people to watch that sort of just, complete disregard for the life, liberty, health rights of, of, of other people and, and think to themselves, wow, you know, I, 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 really, I really hope that that person isn't armed to defend themselves. Oh, I think most of us are sitting here going, yeah, no, I, I hope that there is a good guy either with a gun or with a baseball bat or with, you know, a can of mace sitting there able to, to, to come to that person's aid and, and to help that defenseless person. And we're talking to Amy Schwer of the Heritage Foundation, and I, I, you should really check out uh, her Twitter feed, at Amy Schwer, and find the list that, that she posted a couple of days ago, or yesterday, whenever it was, um, of all the black defendants who claimed self-defense and won their case, including against cops, uh, blacks uh, against whites. Um, and you mentioned that it was easy for, easy for you to find that you know the those all those cases were you able to determine how many of those were less obvious than than Rittenhouse case you know his his case had tons of video to back up his claim these other people I'm guessing they didn't yeah so I, I mentioned one the the Tony Bristol case where there there was some video yeah, there but yeah. you're right um the, the the Rittenhouse case was pretty unique in that the whole the whole thing, every part of, of that altercation that mattered was caught on video. Uh, and frankly, I think that that probably um, kept Kyle Rittenhouse from, from going to jail for a long time was that you had the video evidence. Um, but I, I think that's also one of the reasons why uh, sometimes these uh, claims of self-defense across the board, regardless of the, the race of the defendant, um, are are you know it, it, it's only a small percentage that, that win these cases. 
Um, and, and that's just the reality because it's, you know, it's hard to plant that seed of reasonable doubt. Um, you know, if, if you've got a bunch of witnesses testifying against you, even if what they you know, are testifying to is, is objectively not what happened. Um, but I, I think that the only one that I'm aware of um, that had video evidence was that Tony Bristol case. Um, the, the, again, I, I, it's, it's, I, there were at least 50 or so that, that were posted. Um, but uh, that, that is rare, regardless of, of the circumstances. And they still won their case. I have about a minute left, Amy. Um, some people on Twitter challenged you to list the number of uh, black defendants who claimed self-defense and lost. I mean, is there any reason to believe that it happens more to black defendants than white defendants? Uh, so, so there are some broad-scale studies that look at um, just the number of homicides being justified. I have yet to find anything that looks at people who actually claim self-defense um, and looks just at those and not homicides generally. Um, so I, I think there's some you know, contextual evidence, but there, there's not a whole lot out there. Um, and at the end of the day, each instance of alleged self-defense is going to be factually distinct. So it's very hard to compare them just across the board as a general whole. Amy, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you coming on. As always, uh, this is a, a perfect uh, time to have you on to try to explain what's going on with that case. You did a great, great job there of pointing out to people how stupid it is to assume that it's only because Wittenhouse, Rittenhouse was white that he got off uh, not guilty. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, that's Amy Swear. I'll be right back. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or gooby ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dinovite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dinovite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Here's the deal. 
I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you know you're getting older when the guys you had uh, in baseball cards keep dying. Uh, you know, I was a little kid and uh, Bill Verdon, I had his baseball card. He died today. He's 90 years, was 90 years old. What a great, great guy. In 1960, I was 11 years old. I was at the uh, at a pirate game at Forbes Field. It was a doubleheader with the Giants. And when Willie Mays would come to town, we would go stand out by the exit gate in right center field, right above the, the warning track. Uh, and that's what we were doing that day. And one of the guys, uh, one of the kids dropped his sunglasses down on the warning track. So we started yelling at Willie Mays to come and get them. And he, he wasn't like he was being mean or anything, but he just kind of sort of waved us off, you know, said, come on, guys, you know, keep it down over there. But we kept, uh, the ki- you know, we were kids. We kept saying, hey, we got our sunglasses. So the first game ended, and Bill Verdon came trotting over and picked up the sunglasses and looked up at us and flipped it up to the kid who dropped them. I mean, it's something that a, a, any decent human being would do, but for, for when you're an 11-year-old kid and a, a Major League Baseball player comes over and it acknowledges your existence and does something like that, it's something you remember. What's cool for me was that having worked in sports and worked in my hometown, 25 years later I got a chance to tell Bill Verdon that story. I got to know him. What a great guy and one tough SOB, you didn't want to mess with. When he was 65, 70 years old, he still looked like he could play. Might have something to do with why he lived a long life. Rest in peace, Bill Verdon. I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. I'm done. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.